This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to Around the Dial. Your one-stop shop for sports talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. Welcome inside Around the Dial, the best of your sports talk for Wednesday, January the 16th. Your host, DA, with you. And the best moment of the day comes to us from Cleveland. The Browns finally have optimism. They've got one of the youngest rosters in the NFL. They finished the season on a hot streak of the second half of the year. They ended up just a half game under 500 at 7, 8, and 1. And so the guy that helped make Baker Mayfield, the offense go, Freddie Kitchens, ends up getting the head coaching nod. And you want to know how the easiest way is to win yourself over for that fan base. You want to know the easiest way for the city to just be eating out of your hands. Would you like to know how to be the most popular man in Cleveland? Easy. Call in a sports talk radio. It's Wait, come on now. No, is this it? is. Come on now. Come Wait, no, 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 no. I got a text here. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait hold a on. Freddie Kitchens, is this you? Hey, we are not who they thought we were, but I am who you think I am. <laughs> I was going to say. Whoa! Whoa! to say Freddie Kitchens or Dirty Tom. I wasn't I, sure. I have confirmation. <laughs> this is him. Both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, folks, I have confirmation on my phone. This is him. This is the head coach of your Cleveland Browns, Freddie Kitchens. Out of, this is like the WWE equivalent of a run-in here that you have called in. Coach, congratulations. Thanks for joining us this morning. Oh, thanks, fellas. I won't take up too much of your time. I was trying to get uh, Batonio because he's not up at 530 in the morning when I'm coming in or 1130 at night when I'm going home. So. <laughs> well, he's having a kid, so he'll be up now for you. So you can hey. just yell at him, I'm sure. All right, can we well, ask Freddie right now? Day. No excuses. Yeah, Freddie, I want to – by the way, we are joined by the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, Freddie Kitchens, uh, newly anointed this week. Uh, I, I know in your past you had coached under Bill Parcells, and, and that had been brought up before – did you talk to somebody like Bill Parcells before? And I know you'd exchanged messages before. Who did you lean on? Well, I talked to him, and I talked to Coach Saban, and in uh, Gene Stallings, Woody McCoy. I talked to everybody. Everybody that uh, you know, I've, I've been very fortunate to have uh, great mentors in this business and work for those mentors. So, you know, I've seen it firsthand, and you know, uh, it was kind of a calming effect uh, with uh, with Bill from the standpoint of you know what. I know you knocked the interview out of the park and let them do what they want to do. And, uh, you know, you make decisions based on that. But uh, I wasn't ever concerned. Uh, again, I don't 
I don't try to BS anybody. I just tell them like it is, and it's their responsibility to accept it. And uh, hopefully we're going to create an environment here, or not hopefully, we are going to create an environment here where uh, people will listen. They don't just hear you. There's a big difference in hearing someone and listening to someone. And then there's a big difference in someone that can put their ego outside the door and make the best decision for the organization. And, and that's what we're going to do here from from everywhere, top to bottom. Everybody wants to do that. They just have to have all parties involved to do it, or you end up getting into a protective mechanism of, uh, you know, people not uh, worried about how it's going to affect them. I'm not worried about how it affects me. I'm worried about how it affects the Cleveland Browns, and I can assure you everybody feels that same way. So, uh, you know, hell, we're moving in that direction. So, uh, like I said, brown or orange, you don't have any orange on or brown on, so you've got big (laughs) problems. Uh, Did did you hear from Greg at all through the process? What was that like knowing that – in the end, one of you got to stay, and one of you, unfortunately, did not. Hey, let me tell you, Greg Williams and I uh, are friends. Uh, we will be friends uh, forever. And uh, what we were both put in tough situations, and uh, I think we both did fairly well. Um, there's not but one job here. Uh, but, you know, Greg is going to be successful anywhere he goes, uh, and that's it. I mean, the one thing that came out of this thing – uh, was Greg and I became friends, and we'll continue to be friends. Well, I, I just I just got the wrap up, Coach. We thank you very very much for it. We do appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, it, it. Again, we are tickled. The fans are extremely excited about you. They're excited that you're the new head coach of the Cleveland Browns. Now we do something on the show. You don't have to do it with us, but we we, we would encourage it. Can we do it for him? Are we going to do it? I think it? we'll do it for him, and we'll All see right. if he'll he'll get the gist. Here we go. Three, two, one. <laughs> Super Bowl. Can we put a hell in front of that yeah? Hell yeah! Uh, I think we can do that. Congratulations, Coach. We are looking forward to the next season like crazy. All the best to you as you get everybody going. All right, guys. Thank you. Freddie Kitchens. Freddie freaking Kitchens calling in to mess with Joel Batonio, but to talk to us out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. What head coach does that? What head coach? Was, was 216-578-0092. I am plopsing right now. That's Ken Carmen, Anthony Lima on 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland with Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens, is this you? And that is just awesome. He comes off as a totally normal guy. Oh, my God. I love it. Now, that doesn't help you win football games, but it does help you gain some leash, gain some patience from the fan base and the media. I am plotting right now. I thought it was interesting how he discussed no egos because last year with Hugh Jackson, Todd Haley, two guys that clearly clashed, and Todd Haley known as a huge ego kind of guy, and Hugh had his play calling taken away from him. Hugh wanted the play calling back. Then you add Greg Williams to the mix. He's got a big ego as well. I think what they did in that front office, we'll see if it works, was clearing the deck of the egos. And it sounds like Freddie Kitchen doesn't have one and wants to make it a priority that there isn't any that are pulling back the Cleveland Browns from being successful. And I think that he's right, and nice to hear him diplomatically talk about Greg Williams and saying that that was a tough situation for everybody and that Greg will be successful after Cleveland. He's now the new defensive coordinator for Adam Gaze in New York with the Jets. And for Williams, you just could understand how coaching the team – to a 5-3 and three finish 
and not getting the head coaching job has got to sting a little bit. Freddie Kitchens saying the right things as Greg Williams leaves and he takes over the head coaching slot of the Browns. Freddie freaking Kitchens. Another new head coach is, as we mentioned, in New York with the Jets, Adam Gase. Now look, as we mentioned yesterday, Gase's press conference to open up this week opened up some eyes, part of the pun, but his eyes are darting all over the place. He looks wildly uncomfortable in that chair, but it sounded like he was far more at ease on WFAN radio calling into the Mike Francesa show. And you know what? The make or break is going to be for Gase. It is the quarterback, the quarterback, the quarterback. Let's listen in. What does it mean, Adam, to get a a quarterback who has a lot of talent, which he clearly does, Sam Donald, uh, at the age of 21 going on 22? Yeah, this is the first time that I've I've really had an opportunity to be around a a player of this caliber this young. You know, I'm excited to be able to get him out on the field, in the classroom. You know, we, we have such a long period of time before we actually get to do that. But just kind of my mind wrapping around, okay, what do we want to start with? Where do we want to take it? How do we want to develop this offense? You know, because the quarterback has a lot of say in a lot of this stuff, and we can't really do anything to April. So you kind of create your blueprint of of what you think it's going to be after your evaluations are done. You see what pieces that you either you add in free agency in the draft, and then you have to be flexible and you have to be ready from April through before training camp of trying to figure things out as fast as possible. And then once you set up training camp, it's still going to be a ongoing process of learning your team, learning your players. What do we do well? What do we need to stay away from? There's just a lot of little moving pieces that occur in this first year. What is it, what, is it more important to challenge him or is it more important that he's comfortable with everything? I think it's a, it's, it's a, a little bit of both. You know, you want him to be able to play fast. You want him to be able to – not think so much and just use his his ability but at the same time I feel like in the in the conversations that I had with him before I actually got the job I feel like he's the kind of guy that wants to be challenged he wants to see how far he can push himself which that's one of those things as a coach you're you're excited to be a part of and that's that's really what we're going to have to figure out as as we go through this spring that's where you really want to test the limits and see how far you can actually push each other you jump right back into your second job. Guys have done that. Guys have done it the other way. You went down to Miami three years ago. If I found the day you stood there, you probably said the same things you said yesterday. It'd be crazy if you didn't. What didn't go right in Miami for you? Well, over three years, you know, we made those the playoffs the first year. I think losing the quarterback that second year just kind of threw us all out of whack. We we were competitive there towards the end. They just we just. We just didn't get it done. And then last year, it looked like things were heading in the right direction. We didn't we didn't win as many games as that we all thought we should have. And we finished seven and nine and we lost our last three games. Did and you learn anything the last two years? You had a good year the first year. You finished two games under 500 for your three years. You've had some success the first year. Did you learn anything in losing the last two years? Did any, did you learn anything you didn't know about being a head coach the last couple of years? Yeah, most of the things that I had to learn were, were more related to injuries, dealing with a seven-hour game, hurricane, not having a bye week. There's a lot of little things in between there over a three-year span to where when it comes up now, I know to go a different direction. 
you know, I mean, there's, there's a ton of things that happen as a head coach over a three year span where, you know, you know, when you see it, you know, to go a different direction. And that's, that's, it's one of those things that you just know when you see it, you know, you have to do something different. Let's face it. It's been a long time since the Jets drafted and developed a QB and he could lead them for a significant amount of time. I mean, really since Ken O'Brien back in the eighties, you had bringing in guys like Boomer Esiason or Josh McCown or Ryan Fitzpatrick. You also tried to draft guys like Mark Sanchez or Browning Nagel, and that didn't really work. Kellen Clemens. So Sam Darnold being the guy, Sam the man, is of the utmost importance if Adam Gase is going to keep this job and have a successful franchise. This weekend, the NFC Championship game is game one of the doubleheader as the New Orleans Saints will be hosting the Los Angeles Rams. The Saints last year took a huge step forward, making the playoffs, and a lot of that was because of the rookie draft class. Alvin Kamara, Marshawn Lattimore, and others helped kind of infuse a new juice, new energy into the Saints franchise. And now there is this year where the Saints end up going 13-3, and getting the number one seed, and having home field advantage go through the Superdome. Is this the final run of Drew Brees in a Hall of Fame career. Can Brees get that second Super Bowl trophy? And are they a team of destiny? Is that even a thing? A guy that won a championship the first time around with the Saints in 2009 was offensive lineman Zach Streif. He was a 12-year veteran, retiring in 2017. He was a seventh-round pick of the Saints, ends up becoming a starter on a Super Bowl team, and now he's the play-by-play voice of the Saints. He joined Tommy Tucker on WWL in New Orleans. Is there such a thing as a team of destiny or stars being aligned or what have you? I, unfortunately, I don't think so. Um, what I think it is is that good teams find ways to make their own fortunes. Um, and that fortune, obviously, if you get this far, is usually pretty good. But um, I think that these teams are built uh, more on experience and more on, on the, the things that teams have been through. And I said this after the Minnesota game last year, was that moments like these build championship teams, that moments like these, uh, that being the, the Marcus Williams uh, missed tackle in the Minnesota game, those, those situations have strange ways of building a, a team of character that can make it through an NFL season um, and win games and find ways to win games because that memory kind of remains. And I think it's more about that, more about what you've been through, uh, more about the character of the guys that you have in the locker room and how that team comes together than it is about destiny, something that, you know, ultimately I think as a player you don't like the feeling of, well, it's out of my control one way or another. You were out there in 09, you know, with the team in 09, and, and now you're pretty close to the team. I understand that, and you're the play-by-play guy. Do you see any comparisons in terms of attitude or differences or in terms of preparation or feel, however you want to say it, Zach, between now and then? Yeah, I think there's a lot of comparisons. Um, you know, the first one would have been the draft class in 2017, um, injecting a roster with a lot of very high-end um, inexpensive talent that you can build your team around. Um, you know, in 2009, it was that 2006 class I was fortunate to be a part of mm-hmm. um, where you kind of fill the roster up with guys who are starting for you and playing at a very high level for you and still on your rookie contracts, um, same as 2017. And then I think 
uh, the unity of a team, the, the ability of a team to, to play as one, uh, how close is your roster. In 2009, um, we, we spent a lot of time together outside the building. I would, I would say generally all of our time together outside the building. And this group's exactly the same. Um, these guys are really close. You see all the locker room celebrations and, you know, they're obviously having a good time together. And the last one is the competitiveness. I think that's the, the most, the most important attribute that any championship team has is the ability to compete at the highest level. And uh, I've gotten to sit in there on a Thursday during practice and see Teddy Bridgewater challenge the defense and the, the deep, I mean, it's, it looks like a game. Mm-hmm. It's high intensity. There's so much competition, and that's how you build, uh, you know, rosters that can withstand, you know, 14 nothing uh, deficits in the first quarter of playoff games. How about the career arc of Streif going from offensive lineman, seventh-round draft pick, to play-by-play voice of the Saints on the radio? Pretty amazing. The Saints have mojo. The Saints have a head coach that's been there. The Saints have a quarterback that's been there. And the Saints, more than anything, have talent to go along with the home field advantage. It's going to be so tough for the Rams to go in there and find a win. It's going to be so tough for the Rams to try to keep that team at bay. It's going to be so tough for the Rams to keep that crowd at bay. But The key is that Los Angeles can run the football. And we saw this two 100-yard rushers last week in the win over the Cowboys that's going to be the crucial way that they can keep Breeze off of the field and also keep the tempo down so it doesn't end up becoming a track meet. Because while the Rams have all of these weapons, let's face it, you don't want to be in a scoring marathon or a scoring track meet with a team playing at home on a fast track with Drew Breeze at quarterback. As good as Jared Goff is, I don't think you want to be having to go toe-to-toe if you don't have to because of your ground game. So you know that's going to be huge for the Rams to make sure they establish in Sunday's NFC Championship game. Yesterday we talked about Kyler Murray, the Heisman Trophy winner, declaring for the NFL draft. Doesn't necessarily mean he's absolutely choosing football over baseball, but it is a first step in that direction. There's been very few guys over Major League Baseball and NFL history to play both sports, the most famous, of course, being Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders. But how about Brian Jordan? Jordan had a very good career as both the safety for the Atlanta Falcons and also as an outfielder for the Atlanta Braves. He joined 92-9 the game in Atlanta with John Fricke and Hugh Douglas. Is it possible Kyler Murray can do both in his mind? You know, we all heard the Kingsbury, uh, Cliff Kingsbury say, hey, I I would pick him with my first pick. If that does happen in Arizona, to me, that's the perfect scenario for Kyler Murray to be able to play two sports because, you know, the athletic spring training is in Arizona. You know, football teams in Arizona, that allows him to be able to go out and play baseball in spring training. You know, continue to work with his receivers, offensive coordinators in the offseason. And then, you know, go play a month of minor league baseball after you get the business done on the football field with your offensive coordinator, your receivers, learning everything that you need to learn. That's, to me, the only scenario to where Kyler can play both sports. Uh, you know you know as well as I do, quarterback has to know every position, has to know every defense thrown at him. It's a lot to do. And, for example, Russell Wilson, I had a chance to call his games in college, uh, a couple of his games in baseball, and I encouraged him to go out and do both. But to be drafted in Seattle third round, 
you know, it's a it's a big difference of being a first round pick versus a third round pick. You're going out there to to, to earn your way, and uh, you know, so he really had to focus on becoming a, a great quarterback, and which he he has done. And baseball has been on a back burner, so you know it's going to be tough. But I, I really think Kyler Murray has the talent to do it. Of course, uh, when you think about uh, guys who play two sports at the same time, a number of guys have played two sports professionally, but to do it at the same time, uh, Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders, and Brian Jordan come to mind because they all did it at the same time. And Brian's joining us uh, this morning talking about Kyler Murray. I, I guess because you mentioned quarterback, that's certainly one thing that Deion was talking about. That you know, it's one thing for you, you and Deion to be defensive backs, or Bo to be a running back, him to be a quarterback. Another thing that uh, Brian, Hugh, and I were talking about is. Would you, if you're the number one pick, would you take that and run with it and play football for two or three years, four years, see how you do? Because you could always go back to baseball. Or if you, is that possible to do that? Well, that that's the better scenario to go from football to baseball. But to try to give up baseball uh, totally and try to go back, it, it's really tough. But to go play baseball and then think, you know, you can take three years off of, of football and go back, that is a lot tougher, especially for a quarterback. Uh, but I think he can do uh, play football for three years and say, hey, I'm going to go play baseball. As long as he continues to keep himself in baseball shape, continues to go to spring training, play some games uh, during the year where he's seeing the pitches, you know, making the adjustments, uh, I think he'll have a better chance. You know, for me, I played three years in the NFL first. Played a little minor league, went to spring training, kept myself in baseball shape, and it was a lot easier to do, uh, make that transition from football right into baseball. But longevity-wise, I mean, hell, after three years in the NFL to go play 15 years of Major League Baseball, you know, truly blessed to have that opportunity. So here's the key. Those other guys that played both positions or played both sports, Bo Jackson, running back, Deion Sanders, cornerback, Brian Jordan safety. They didn't need to be working out with wide receivers constantly, tinkering with the offense, working out with coaches, absorbing a game plan, and executing it for the rest of the locker room and the offense. You can't play quarterback in the NFL and then also play on the side a little bit of baseball or vice versa. That's not going to work. That's a position that will not allow it. It would be amazing to see another guy do both, but that is not going to happen I think it's obvious Kyler Murray's heart is in playing football, and now because he could be a first-round draft pick at a quarterback position, the money's going to be there in football as well. And baseball is trying to woo him in, but that just goes to show you they're trying to play catch-up in cultural relevance. They're trying to pull back in a marketable star, an exciting star who wants to go play football and has already built a household name because he won a Heisman Trophy, but I don't think they're going to be successful in doing it. I feel as though because the money's going to be there because he's going to be a high-round draft pick at a crucial position and have all types of possible endorsements at his doorstep because he's a Heisman Trophy winner playing starting quarterback in the NFL, witness Baker Mayfield, I think you will see Kyler Murray turn his back on baseball permanently. College basketball is in full swing. We've hit conference action And the number seven team of the country is Kansas, one of the most talented teams in the country, certainly with designs of potentially getting to a final four. They are 15-2, and and their most important player on the floor is junior Diedrich Lawson. 
He's averaging 19 points per game and 11 rebounds to go along with two assists. He just fills up a box score. He's one of the best players in the country and one of the best teams in the country and transferred in from Memphis. Head coach of the Jayhawks, Bill Self, joined KFH and The Drive out of Wichita. There's so many interesting players on your team, but uh, but Lawson has just been a, such a standout uh, with his scoring, his rebounding. Uh, the, the guy's just got an incredible all-around game. What's he going to be like in the future? What do you what do you foresee for Diedrich down the road? Uh, uh, for us or after college? Uh, you and after college. Well, I, I think us, you know, I, I think I think we have a chance to have a great season. But the you know one of the biggest reasons why we have a chance because he has the potential to play to an, an All-American level, you know, and and I, I'd say he's done that for the majority of the season. You know, he's, he's had some some games in which he wasn't bad, but but ever all good players have those games too. But but as uh, if if he can play to an All-American type level, you know, that to me is a, someone that can carry a team, and 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 certainly he's done that in, in tough moments for us, even when he's had some. You know, New Mexico State's a game we could have easily lost, and. And and he he is just laboring, 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 and then he scores what the last sixteen points of the game for us. Uh, yeah. uh, so he has that capability. Uh, uh, and then and then and he'll play professional basketball as long as his body will allow him to. Uh, uh, you know, and hopefully that'll be well into his mid thirties. He loves to play, and and uh, you know I think he can play in the NBA. But you know, regardless of of, of what happens after college, that that that. That kid has a chance to uh, uh, make a pretty good living, just because you know he, he produces, he gets points, and he gets rebounds, and and uh, you know whether it's overseas or, or in the league, I, I think he's got a chance to have a, a pretty bright future in the game. Four and one now in the conference. You know, uh, you, you get you you lose Doke, and he goes down to an injury for the second year in a row, and everybody wonders how you're going to get this done. And I've heard you talk about it. You just find a way, right? Well, we haven't got anything done yet, but yeah, yeah, we we uh, we need to. We need to find a way. Our, our team is so different, you know. Uh, uh, in the past, we've gotten so many easy baskets off of lobs, you know, athletic plays and everything. And hey, uh, of of, the, of the, like the six games that Doak has missed, we got zero dunks in four of them. So so it's just a totally different group and. Trying how to figure out how to score and having the guys get comfortable and hopefully it was a good step in the right direction. We 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 really executed very well offensively, except for just missing free throws. But other than that, I thought we looked pretty good. Lawson is one of those Swiss Army knives. He's one of those guys that a Kansas team has relied on for so many Big Twelve titles over the years with Bill Self. And once again, they came into this season with designs on national championship or bust. Now, Bill Self's Kansas teams have had a bit of a reputation for early exits, aside from his 2008 national championship. Can this team go farther? They're a little bit under the radar this year. Everybody seems to be paying attention to Duke, Duke, and more Duke, and that's understandable with all those lottery picks. It's Duke's tournament to lose, let's face it. Even after they lost the other night to an unranked Syracuse team at home at Cameron Indoor, it's Duke's tournament to to lose, but there's three other slots in the final four, and Kansas may just have one of them if Lawson continues to ball like he's doing. And finally this week, the Clemson Tigers, national champions, visited the White House and served a number of fast food burgers and pizzas. That became national news. Well, now we have the question of the next team to go there. 
and that will be the World Series champion, Boston Red Sox. Red Sox executive Sam Kennedy joined WEI in Boston with Dale Arnold and Rich Keefe, and he answered the questions about whether they would accept going to the White House if invited, and what would happen if there was a series of burgers put in front of the Boston Red Sox. Have you had a chance to talk to any of the players yet as far as those who will definitely attend and maybe those who definitely will not attend? Uh, I've had a, a bunch of different conversations uh, with the players. and Like in the past, I'm sure there will be uh, players that choose not to go, uh, players that will go. Uh, and we've been pretty consistent and clear about this. I, at least I hope this is an honor and a privilege to be invited to the White House. And we've uh, tried to not make it a, a political statement. We don't see it as such. We see it as a an honor to be invited. And we went under the the Bush administration uh, two times and under the Obama administration once. So we feel very fortunate. And, and it's an opportunity that, frankly, it's about the players and giving these guys the opportunity to go behind the scenes of the White House and uh, be honored for what was quite a remarkable 2018 season. So uh, it's something that we, uh, we, we really you want to rise above politics and uh, give your players that uh, that opportunity. But it certainly is not a mandatory trip we've uh the three times that we've gone again we've had some folks go and some folks not go but i believe if it all comes together um we'll have a, a good representation uh of of ownership and and players and, and coaches um that uh, that that choose to go you you sort of half answered my next question is ownership now planning to go yeah, ownership's planning to go, and uh, I'm planning to go, and um, so it, uh, it it should be. It, it's been a great experience. Uh, this will be our uh, our fourth time, um, and it, it's really special. Um, but you know, we'll see if the we we have to evaluate, and I'm sure the White House does as well. Um, if you know, we deem it to be inappropriate uh, during uh, this government shutdown, uh, then we'll we'll certainly adjust accordingly. So we're going to sort of play that by year that was uh, not a part of the <laughs> conversation uh, when we got the invitation no one knew that was coming um, so we'll see how that plays out over the next uh, couple of weeks now a lot was made about all the fast food that was there for the clemson football team <laughs> i'm curious like when you guys went before is is a meal part of the deal no, I, I don't. I don't remember food being part of the uh, the the visit. Um, I remember a, a very um, a cool behind the scenes tour uh, of the White House and a very very special visit to the Walter Reed Medical Center for a chance to visit with active duty military who have just um, uh, come in for treatment, uh, being treated for wounds suffered in uh, in battle so um no i don't remember the uh the, the food that is yeah. that was, the clemson event was was uh, was was new to me and uh we don't anticipate uh, that being a part of our uh, our visit see that's the biggest question mark when you've got college kids at the white house well yeah they're going to eat all types of fast food burgers and pizza that's the easy sell the tougher sell is can you get a bunch of millionaire athletes to go in on Big Macs and Wendy's Baconators and filet fishes That's what I want to know. I want to see the White House throw out a bunch of fast food options 
for guys that eat at steakhouses and sushi houses and have all types of catered affairs on their first-class flights. I want to see Chris Sale's reaction when you hand him a platter of 400 bacon cheese double stacks. Can we get a video of this? That's the best of your sports talk. We whip you around the dial every single day for Wednesday, January the 16th. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 